the teamwork as podcast ladies and gentlemen this is where we go behind the thoughts of those who um, uh, the thoughts that animate the actions of those who create the arts and uh, uh, and uh, mohit satyanand has created a lot of things in his life but uh, uh, you know one gets very egotistical when when one is talking to um, someone who's created what has been uh, one of the biggest influences in one's life for me friends of music was a place uh, that made me fall in love with live music like none other it was an absolutely fabulous concept where um uh, what is now being so fashionably termed as the democratization of art was actually happening before anyone had labeled that uh, that process um, uh, uh, people would uh, would pay to watch uh, a, a a group perform those groups performed some of the biggest names right now in the music industry were formed at friends of music and uh, that idea was formed in the head of uh, of mr mohit satyanand and of course uh, uh, <laughs> the, the redoubtable mr sanjoy roy but uh, mohit sir how did that happen um yeah so firstly it's wrong to say that the idea was born in my head okay, okay? it was only incubated in my head so okay. let me no there, there's a crucial difference let me tell you the story so the story is that um, my younger sister kanika is uh, an amateur singer she was a very talented amateur singer and she had a small group um who used to sing covers there was nothing pretentious about them they sang covers for fun right. they were talented there was uh, uma bordoloi and uh, anju chopra and uh, kanika and for a brief while deepika deshpande who was one of the early crew of uh, uh, teamwork right and now a tv actress so these uh, four women used to sing as a group called just us just us just us and they used to sing covers uh, john byers and uh, simon and garfunkel and wow. beatles and so on and so forth and um, they had a couple of very successful public shows and um, for which they recruited from time to time professional musicians to back them uh on this particular occasion the chief professional music who worked with them was the late and much loved valentine shipley oh valid and um so this was the morning after a particularly successful show at triveni right uh which was quite magical and we filled the amphitheater with some 450 or 500 people this was this would have been 93 i think um at a time where there were very few live gigs and in every sense it was a spectacular success and we were just having a quiet family lunch the next day at my elder sister's home and uh, val was there and my sister was very pensive and i was wondering why and then at some point in time she says you know it's so sad that here we are um uh, we're just amateur musicians there's nothing great about us but we had one of the best shows in the last few years and that's only because you have the ability to make a show happen okay to put it together <clears throat> and i wish that uh, amateur musicians who have trained so hard who depend on music for their livelihood who can take music forward uh had the same opportunity oh hmm. and 
Um, so I said, don't wish it, do it. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> she said, you make everything sound so simple. It's not that easy. I said, no, it can be done. She said, no, you just say things like that. Yeah. I said, no, let's do it. So there was Val and Kanika and I. And I said, okay, let's do it. And then the idea incubated for a while right. as to how to do it. Um, at that point in time, my elder sister and brother-in-law lived in a very large house in uh, Chirag Dili, very close to the Nehru place flyover. And they had a huge garden. So somehow this idea of a club began to, uh, began to form in my mind. When I say incubate, it didn't take nine months. Uh, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was more like a chicken's egg. It just took a few weeks. Right. And um, so then I decided, let's have a trial balloon. And so the trial balloon was that we sent, um, in those days, this was before email, very difficult to conceive. We printed out and cyclostyled an invitation letter to 40 of our friends. Right. Saying that we're going to have this evening. Um, early evening, I think it was 4.30 or 5, it was still, I think it was probably January. And uh, please come and listen to some music. And um, I had a short menu. Right. Bring one of these four things. <laughs> okay. Coke, chips, pizza, whatever it was. And uh, it was basically just us again. Right. Okay. With Val and maybe there was another musician, I forget. And... Um, my intent was very clear, which was at the end of the concert to ask people whether they would like this to be a regular Sorry. occasion. Sure. And if so, would they be prepared to pay, I think it was 750 rupees a year right. to be a right. member. I didn't want it to be open and ticketed. 750 rupees a year uh, for a single and maybe 1,000 rupees for a couple. It doesn't matter. Right. Numbers, something like that. Right. And if they would be willing, then I would start this off. And nearly everybody over there, because they were curated in a sense of like course. that, said, yes, we would love to. And uh, I said, okay, I'll keep you posted. And um, a couple of days later, at the teamwork office, uh, Sushmit of Indian Ocean walked into the office and he said, I've heard that this <laughs> club is going to happen. Okay. So I said, yeah. Uh, he said, I want to be a member. I said, of course. I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that the first member of Friends of Music was Sushmit Sen. Oh, I see. <laughs> and okay. in a little 1993 diary, Friends of Music members, number one, <laughs> Sushmit Sen received 75 rupees. <laughs> and so I said to Sushmit, um, so while we're on this topic, will you perform at the first club evening? Right. Because this was not the club. This is the name. And he said, yeah, sure. So I said, look, my idea is to have two acts every evening. Uh, one lesser known act, one better known act. So can you think of anybody who would be the opening act? Right. Indian Ocean would be the headline right. act. So he said, let me think about it. So I said, yeah, call me. You need to call me in about 10 days because then I'll have to do the <coughs> mailer, etc., etc." And uh, 
so I was then the responsibilities got sort of divided. So I was doing the band liaison and writing the mail and uh, my sister Kanika was doing the um, was handling the guests at the front office etc etc and doing the graphics and Val was doing the sound. Right. We had a borrowed mixer, <laughs> uh, borrowed speakers and just we were using the veranda of my sister's house as a stage. Right. Our sound was really quite primitive, okay, <laughs> but big and pounding. So a few days later, Sushmit rang me up and he said, I got somebody who will do the first mm -hmm. act. I said, who is he? So he said, you don't know him. Incidentally, his name is also Mohit, but I'm telling you, you like his voice. So I said, okay, fine. If you like him, it's fine. But naam to batao. He said, ah, his name is Mohit Chauhan. He's just come here from Himachal and he's got a very nice voice. So that was the first club evening, okay? Mohit Chauhan. Mohit Chauhan, backed by um, Rahul Ram and uh, Sushmit Sen, Sen. <laughs> followed by Indian Ocean. Okay, that yeah. was our first evening. That's a, yeah, we can, we can call it a reasonable start. <laughs> <laughs> it was a reasonable start. And by the time we had a second club evening, which was now our third uh, performance, at some point in time, it was, it was rocking. I don't remember who it was. I think it was, may have been Palash. Okay. And Euphoria. I'm not 100% sure. At some point in time, my uh, uh, brother-in-law, whose home it was, his sister, a very dear friend, came to me and said, I just wanted to see something. I said, what? She pointed to the front wall of the house, which fronted the outer ring road. Right. The Nehru Place flyover was not big. She said, just look at the number of people who were looking over the wall. There were about 40 people outside looking in. And that's when I realized that this place is outgrown. Yeah. Or the, the event has outgrown this place. And uh, I realized that we've got to make it more sort of organized and commercial. Yeah, yeah. And we had a neighbor in Panchil right. who ran a somewhat decrepit uh, outdoor restaurant called very simply the farmhouse, which was under the shadow of the Kutub Minar. Yes. <laughs> so, as you can see, this was all very seat of the pants, all very reactive. So, the next morning, um, he lived across the road, got into the car, went there, and I said, Dippy, I have a proposition for you. He said, what? <laughs> I said, I have this club, and we need to find a place. I don't want any commercials, no nothing. It's very simple. We will set up the music, we will bring the guests, you sell the food and beer. No transaction between right. us. Because it was a not registered organization, That's everything it was just cash, etc., etc., etc. He said, done. And that's where Friends of Music just took mushroom. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then we introduced a third element, which was that we would let we would pass the word around that these two acts and once these are over then we'll have a jam and any musician who wants to join that jam should just register beforehand and it was so democratic 
unknown musicians would come and Sushmit and Rahul and Val and um, Steve Sequeira. Do you oh, know Steve? Wow. Yes, of course. of course. They would jam with these people. Yeah. Imagine Steve Sequeira on the drums <laughs> backing you up. It's, uh, it was completely <laughs> democratic and these people played with them. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't think there was any um, there was any ego or big band stuff involved. It was just purely, and and that's what came across. No, it was like a wave which was palpable, was which fun. was the love for music that was sort of you know spread around. Advaita did their first show in, at uh, at Friends of Music. Mrigya was literally formed. Mrigya was formed at Friends, at, of music. at Friends of Music. And Indian Ocean did the, actually their second ever live show in Delhi. At Friends Music. At my sister's house. That yes, first club that evening. The first one, yes. Yeah. This was before the Sehmat concert that they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I, and I In mean... In fact, at, for a while, Teamwork managed uh, Indian Ocean. Oh, I see. Okay. And uh, the idea that the Sehmat concert should become an album yeah. was born in the Teamwork office. Oh, wow. Okay. And they couldn't find anybody to back it. And then Sushmit, who had been a salesman at HMV, yes. found this chap called, I think his name was Naresh Malhotra, right. who ran a distribution of cassettes out of Palika Bazaar. <laughs> he agreed to become the yeah. publisher of that uh, album. Absolutely. And uh, so I just want to say one thing, which was the animating spirit. The animating spirit of this was that this is a club for musicians. Yeah. It's not a club for the audience. And it's a place which gives musicians a place to try their music and to try interacting with each other. Yeah. And if the audience doesn't like it, it's too bad. <laughs> because it's a place for experimentation. And okay. all experiments don't work. Absolutely. And so we would just toss elements into the mix and if they didn't work too bad, you know. Absolutely. Uh, and I think it was the courage of conviction, wasn't it? That, that we want to do this and right. there are people who would want to be a part of it. Right. Um, what is now being bandied about uh, so frivolously, the whole art for the sake of art was the was the talk that was literally being walked at, at Friends of Music. There was no talk. There was only walk. There was really? only walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Art for the sake of art and so on. This was not was it. No it talk. was just a very simple process of this very um, emotional and empathetic insight of yes. Kanika and I in this very Punjabi entrepreneurial manner just <laughs> jumping into it and you know <laughs> making it happen. But what a vibrant creative scene it was at that point of time. I think Theatre Action Group was already on, wasn't it? When, uh, no, when no, the, Tag was over. Uh, tag was tag, later. No, no, no. Tag was over by then. Oh, it was tag over, was by, over then. by then. Tag was over by then. In fact, uh, um, it was when Tag... So, formally, I don't know exactly when Tag died. Right, of course. But in the 80s, Tag was run by Barry, of course, who yeah. was the... Um, Barry John, of course. Yeah, yeah, who was the creative spirit behind it. Right. Sanjoy, who was the uh, admin director right. and ran the group. And I, who was... Uh, uh, financial controller or some such fancy title who basically <laughs> made sure that we didn't go broke. <laughs> and it's when Sanjoy and I uh, resigned from TAG in 1989. It sort of limped along for a couple of years but never had that same right. energy any longer. 
And it was, I think, because of the vacuum left in the creative and um, uh, event management side of us that teamwork emerged. It emerged from that vacuum. Right, of course. So tag by then was over. Um, Sanjoy and I started, we started by making documentary films in teamwork. Right. Friends of Music for a while had nothing to do with teamwork, teamwork because yes. it was just this side thing that <coughs> Val and Kanika and I did. But once it grew, uh, there were two distinct steps. The first step was that um, teamwork got involved and, you know, by now we had 800 mailers and uh, that meant cyclostyling 800 <laughs> things yes. and sticking stamps on them and so on. So, you know, at the first stage, teamwork uh, got involved with all of that. But um, the second stage was much more dramatic, which was that in um, 96, when um, uh, when Friends of Music was really at its peak, um, Premi and I got married, and we decided that in April of 97, we were going to leave on a one-year honeymoon. Oh. Um, <laughs> Which eventually became six years, but that's a different story. And Love is never linear, is it? <laughs> never. So, um, so uh, you know, we'd made this announcement. And a couple of months before we were leaving, Kanika said, you know, you haven't talked about Friends of Music. The Friends of Music will go on. I said, no, I can't run Friends of Music on my own. So, you know... Um, of course, she was absolutely right, but I hadn't thought about it. It's carrying on, it'll carry on, you know, something will happen. I said, oh, uh, and her office was literally 100 meters away from the teamwork office at the time in Oscars. So I'd gone over and she delivered this very sobering <laughs> message to me. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, true. Um, but it can't die either. Right. And so over the next 100 meters, walking from her office to my office, I came and I said to at that time, Sanjoy and Dilip, that, listen, you guys have got to run Friends of Music. <laughs> so, they said, okay. And uh, so the baton passed with, ah, okay. with, the, with the minimum of... Uh, all, <laughs> see, all of this happened with no, no thought, no, no discussion. Each of these decisions was a five... Second decision. Oh, literally, uh, literally off the cuff in, yeah, actually, in that way. True, but, uh, but that's how great art ideally gets created. You know, it's, it's a Listen, thought. we didn't produce any didn't. art, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, okay, so it got produced. I mean, yeah. the fact that uh, we, we have an Advaita and, and we have a Mrigya and we still have an Indian Ocean uh, in, in, in various different avatars, of course. But, you know... Uh, I think it's important. It's important to remember that it is only when you get space to grow that you get to experiment, and and that experimentation was the hallmark of uh, of friends of music in that way. Absolutely. But as is the case with with all art, it uh, it gets created. It starts off uh, with a few people being adherents, and then it percolates down to uh, more people, and then becomes a little excessive, and and then as it is the case in all art movements, a next movement which is a response to the excesses of the previous movement <laughs> begins to. Appear. Not so, just that. Not <coughs> just that. I think there's another. There's 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 another dimension to it. You know, which uh, if you just look around here, where we are right now in Jaipur music stage and so on and so forth, it is that there are always reverberations of what you do. Yes. Which are unplanned. Yes. You don't know how deep or wide uh, 
or loud they're going to be, but they exist. So you were relatively young then. <laughs> yes. You you got influenced by Friends of Music. Absolutely. We have uh, someone watching us as we are recording who was literally a baby <laughs> then. And uh, definitely got influenced by it. Absolutely. And is today a musician and a music producer. Absolutely. And uh, the person who's been doing the sound for all teamwork events for the last 10 years remembers very clearly how his parents used to bring him to every uh, Friends of Music. I'm talking about. Obviously. Right? Uh, both, of course, uh, uh, being. Uh, uh, what have I dropped? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Arindo <laughs> both, of course, uh, uh, being one of the finest uh, sound engineers that we have and the creative force behind Advaita. At that point of time, it was also uh, the whole Artist Unlimited thing uh, that was yeah, also coming along. Right. But yeah, he, yeah. he also sort of began in. Uh, in a sense, add friends of music. So the reverberations are, uh, uh, you know, they're uncontrolled, but, um, uh, and they're unaccounted for, and uh, they're never the reason for doing it. But I sure. think if something is done with uh, honesty, and um, uh, also to some extent, without a sense of ownership and control, then in fact, the reverberations can be uh, can be even stronger. But there is always a flip side, isn't there, sir? I mean, uh, you know, uh, towards the end of uh, of the era of Friends of Music, so, so to speak, you know, people had begun to refer to it as uh, as a Jhola event and as a place where people needed to be seen, where the music was not that important, etc. Were you ever a, a, a part of any of uh, uh, those? Uh, no, so one heard these comments, <coughs> you know, it's bound to happen. Right. And... Um, you can't control it, but you know, everything has a sense of time and place and purpose. And um, um, so, you know, you, you respond to it, things change, and uh, without necessarily needing to trace a clear lineage, but um, it also, in some way, became a kind of a bridge. Uh, the fact that Teamwork ran Friends of Music for several years after I was uh, went on my one-year honeymoon, um, my six-year honeymoon, uh, <laughs> became a kind of a bridge from what we'd been doing for five or six years, right. which was producing stuff for television and documentaries and so on, into going back to our roots in the performing arts. Sure. You know, so it also became a bridge into into the new avatar of uh, teamwork, which was uh, sure. the performing arts. Absolutely. So um, even when something outlives its initial purpose, uh, it finds new expression. For sure. And For sure. Uh, but um, I'm going to close with one one story. So um, uh, which is that one of the people that I met as a result of Friends of Music was Steve Sequera. Wow. And uh, his gorgeous wife, Kitu. Kitu, of course. Um, and um, so when we got married in the cathedral, my wife said to me, she's Catholic and uh, was very keen to get married in the cathedral. And she said, but I can't abide these choirs and the music that happens. <laughs> so you know so many musicians, let's get something different going. Right. So, um, so my sister Kanika sang my favorite song, which was Forever Young, which was sort of my a benediction for me. Right. 
But guess the opening song when the bride walked down the aisle with Steve on the organ <laughs> and Kitu belting it out. Okay. I'll give you one guess. Oh, damn. Uh, I, what was it? I don't know how to love him. Oh, God. Jesus Christ, superstar. <laughs> and I've had so many men before in so many different ways, challenging in a sense. The church, and you know Kitu's voice. That, oh, it's that, arousing. It's arousing, yeah, and yeah. and Steve <laughs> going <laughs> madly on the electric organ. I don't think the cathedral has <laughs> ever experienced a performance like that. The walls and, shook. <laughs> the walls shook, and especially for a bridal march, the choir bride, etc. So, uh, I got my reward that day. <laughs> yes, the, the process of creation sort of reached its culmination in that. Music at the end of the day is, uh, is so irrevocably uh, intimate to all of us, even though it might be a shared experience. But <laughs> that's the thing, music. But you've, of course, kept your ear to the ground uh, ever since, so to speak. Uh, and uh, there's, it's impossible to actually ask this question without sounding, uh, you know, a, a little little bit pompous but <laughs> have you seen process of creation of of the art beat music or theater or or even art itself uh, have you seen the process of creation change uh, in the way that it was uh, conceptualized so i've been in the last um, uh, 10 or 15 years i've been actually much closer to um, to theater right. than to music right um because uh, because I've never been a practitioner of music, I you know I, sure. I I don't sing or play anything. But I've been a practitioner of theatre all my life, of course. And uh, that, as I mentioned earlier, is how Sanjoy and I came together, and so on and so forth. And um, uh, so, especially between two thousand and uh, seven or eight and two thousand and nineteen, before the pandemic hit, I was I was an active practitioner of theatre. I was acting. I was travelling. Um, and um, in theater, in amateur theater in Delhi, firstly, it's less amateur. It's more professional. Right. Um, the system supports full-time theater actors. Uh, they don't live luxurious lives. They have to do other things. But they see themselves primarily as actors, unlike what it was in our time, right. where we did theater from 6 to 9 in the evening after our day jobs. For sure. Um, it supports that. Secondly, I was really struck when I went back to theatre after 15 years in 2007 by the kind of training and discipline and physical um, <coughs> training that people went through to be theatre actors. And um, the people I was working with much, much, much younger than me, sure. uh, much younger than you. Uh, were very patient and I warned them. I said, look, I know that you work very rigorously. I haven't done this kind of work. It's going to take me a few weeks before I get into it. If at some point in time you lose your patience, that's fine. Just tell me. Sure. But I will do it. And we did very physical theater. So that was the second thing, that they approached theater as a vocation, as a profession, not as a hobby. Sure. The third thing, which was quite unexpected, was that at least in Delhi, but I see these connections with Bombay as well, with Bangalore, with uh, Pondicherry, that they're much more collaborative. Right. When we were in TAG, there, were, there was TAG, 
and there was Yatrik yes. and there was Mask. Yes. And there were strong dividing lines between the two. You'll <coughs> never cross that line. Right. To the extent that sometimes at parties you would be sitting in really? the... Absolutely. Oh, it was oh, quite bad. Okay. These what? young people, I can't call them kids any longer, these young people collaborated actively with each other. Uh, the director of one group is scoring music yeah. for the other yeah. and acting for somebody else and even being gaffer. So it's much, much more collaborative. For sure, for sure. Um, and I think also the fact that, um, uh, you know, um, the democratization of arts, as I was talking about, has also led to, uh, you know, uh, this generation not having heroes or, or the concept of a hero within themselves, of, of them being embracing of of the art itself in that way. So yeah. there, I don't think there were the lines of the ego that that seems to have, have blurred a little as far as the collaborative process is concerned. Yes, definitely. Most definitely. Most definitely. So it's a, it's a, it's a good time to be, uh, uh, be an artist, sir? It's always a good time to be an artist. Right. Um, and um, it's never easy to be an artist. Um, it's always tough financially. It's always, uh, uh, despite what you said earlier, there is ego involved in art. Of course. And um, <clears throat> because art, both art and audiences are fickle masters. Wow. And yeah. Um, yeah. therefore, uh, you are going to see profound ups and downs. Sure. And um, surviving and keeping your um, your... Um, there's a certain amount of bravado required mm. to keep reaching within yourself and expressing yourself. Absolutely. Because uh, these are very naked. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a certain nakedness to being honest with any art. Absolutely. Uh, even the art of talking. For sure. Um, and um, so. Given those ups and downs, can you still be open? Can you still be generous? Mm. Generous is a lovely word, which I heard last night. Can you be generous with what you give, despite perhaps having been rejected? Um, so all those difficult, almost existential questions of art are as old as the history of art. Sure. They're not going to change. Sure. Because they have to do with <clears throat> with the condition of being human. Sure. Sure. The one change that has happened, which is also, you know, we, we regard as being inevitable, is the fact that we are, uh, at least in the cities, we are a more prosperous economy. Yeah. And therefore, there is room for people, however tenuously, to make a living sure. from the arts. Sure. When I finished uh, college in the 70s, it was virtually inconceivable. Sure. It had to be something that you did on the side. Sure. Uh, today, um, you know, people of my age or even a few years younger who are parents who may have had the same thoughts yeah. uh, are willing to allow their children time to experiment, to find themselves sure. in that art and so on. And we see lots of examples Absolutely. of it around us. Absolutely. And that comes out of material uh, prosperity, at least for a few people. Yeah, for sure. Perhaps not for everybody. So, um, Absolutely. So it's a much better place to be than it was.
it is a much better place to be. <laughs> and uh, the important thing to remember is that uh, all art eventually uh, is about uh, us uh, showing a little bit of naked emotion. So <laughs> be not afraid of bravado. <laughs> that's that's my takeaway. I, it's a beautiful, beautiful way of expressing it. And uh, uh, Mohit sir, um, not just for this conversation, but for all of those uh, teachings that you've uh, uh, so um, so wonderfully and so generously given to us. Uh, of your time. We'd like to thank you very much. For My this. pleasure entirely, Sarthak. <laughs> Thanks so much. That's the Team of Guards podcast. It is important to listen and it is also important to listen uh, to some things that are not said as well, uh, which takes a little bit of thinking, which is a good idea. So, uh, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> this made you think. And if it did, do let us know. Uh, follow us on social media, subscribe, comment. You know the drill. Uh, we don't need to tell you. And what's going to be happening next? Well, for that, you'll just have to follow us, won't you? Uh, this is the Team of Guards podcast. Thank you for listening.